Chris Miles. You can give him a follow on Twitter at Chris Miles TV. What's going on, Chris? How you doing, my man? Busy. You would think that, like, you know, <laughs> the finals ends and it calms down, but I'm like, one of these days, maybe in mid-July, yeah. I'll start to feel like it's the offseason. Oh, no, no, because then you'll be covering Summer League. You'll be calling games for that, so you never get to slow down, my brother. Yeah, I'm like, all right, July 20th is when the NBA season ends in my mind. That's when I'm going to start talking. <laughs> Which is absolutely crazy. I want to go back to last Thursday's draft, Chris. Obviously, it's always one of my favorite events of the year and on the sports calendar just because the raw emotion that you saw on draft night, seeing 60 of these young men have their lives changed forever. I want to start at the top with Victor Wembanyama. You have been uh, all over this guy you know, since he burst onto the scene last year and we knew he was going to be the number one overall pick. Do you think he lives up to the expectations in year one? I guess it would be better served for me to ask, what are your expectations uh, for Wemby in year one in San Antonio? Well, when you say live up to expectations, right, there's two ways to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're doing the crazy people that are like, better prospect than LeBron, <laughs> I just think that's impossible to live up to, right? Like, I, And right. if he does, that's incredible, and it'd be great for the NBA. I'm not going to go that far. I'm going to go, um, especially the way the league is now, right. my expectations are Kevin Durant. You know, like, for real, I I look at it as um, that's not low either, you know. But for me, that's more realistic in what I expect from him entering the league, that he is the new age Kevin Durant because he's 7'5". If he was dominating around the basket at Mm 7'5 and still as athletic, I would look at it differently. But I watch him play, and I think this guy is – you know, the taller version of Kevin Durant, but not as accurate. That's what I see when I watch him play. And this has been discussed ad nauseum. I want to get your thoughts on it, Chris. What do you think of the fit as far as franchise-wise? We've known he's been going to San Antonio for a little while now when they won the lottery earlier this month. But when you take a deeper look at their roster, we know Pop has a system, but do you think it's throw everything out of the window and let's play through Wemby and you you expect Pop to get creative and maybe rejuvenated uh, in – I don't even know what year this is for pop coaching, but you get what I'm asking. Yeah, you figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think what ends up happening, first of all, they started preparing for this two years ago, right? Wow. When yeah. they had, um, you know, Derek White, who we now see the way he performs in Boston. He was playing like that in San Antonio. They dealt him uh, to tank for Wimby. And then um, DeJounte Murray, you know, was right. an all-star in – giving you Russell Westbrook-type numbers, and if you think I'm exaggerating, go look it up. The dude almost averaged a triple-double that year, and they were like, eh, we're going to let you walk. So to me, when I look at who they drafted the past couple of years, it was in anticipation of landing Wimby, and if they didn't, you'd say you you tried your best. So like Devin Vassell um, out of Florida State is a perfect compliment. He's a long guy that defends and has developed – um, in the mold of, like, you know, these guys in the league that at 6'7", uh, they come in wiry and they figured out and very smart. Um, you know, Jeremy Sohan yeah. clearly gets along with Wimby. Like, it just seems like the guys that they've picked will fit in uh, with him. Now, some of the guys have been in the roster a little older, like Keldon Johnson, not that he's, like, long in the tooth or anything. Right. I wonder how he fits. Yeah, I think um, because, Keldon Johnson just signed the new money, didn't he? Yeah, and so he's he's the one that I'm like, let's see how this affects his game. Yeah, could be he could work out, but I'm I'm watching him to see if he becomes available because 
man, I don't know, um, like, exactly which space he's going to occupy, what position. Like, those are things that in the first couple of months I'm going to pay close attention to. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting, man. A lot of young moving parts out there in San Antonio. Chris, young cats my age, 25 and below, we use the word motion to describe somebody's pull on the situation. You ever seen a number one overall pick with as much motion as Wemby? Not only is he good enough to be the number one overall pick, he gets his teammate drafted in the top ten as well. The Wizards go with Bilal Koulibaly. Can, can you give us your thoughts on them taking Bilal and then the overall direction of this franchise since Michael Winger and company uh, have taken over? Well, I like that they are really trying to change things, right? Um, I yeah. think the difference between Koulibaly and, like, let's say someone that years ago he would be compared to, like Jan Vesely, mm-hmm. is that Koulibaly looks like a real basketball player, not right. just like this athletic freak, right? Yeah. But then, you know, people want to make the Giannis comparison. I'm like, no. No. They don't know just because they're the same height <laughs> and, like, weight. But they, they don't know. It doesn't look the same. Yeah. I remember Giannis at this point. Like, Koulibaly kind of looks like he's lanky but developed like a grown-up. Right. Giannis, if you saw him at this age, it looked as if, like, what is he made of? <laughs> made of plastic? Yeah. Like, because he was growing day by day, right. uh, you know, when he got drafted. I think by the time he came in uh, for the regular season, he had grown two inches. And you know, you see what I mean? Like, right. Giannis was literally growing up in front of our eyes. So, I don't think that that comparison is as accurate as some people are making it. But when I said when I saw Koulibaly, I thought, hmm, Pascal Siakam. Okay, that's interesting. I was thinking like Wiggins, Bridges, no. somebody like Ananobi. I'll give I'll give Koulibaly this much credit. Mm-hmm. Wiggins was the number one overall pick. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I thought right. Wiggins was more explosive, but Wiggins wasn't going to his left hand like that. Yeah. His mid-range jumper didn't look that. I think Koulibaly has more um, flow and rhythm to his game than Wiggins, but I thought Wiggins had more like, I'm going to dunk on you uh, and you can't stop me to his game. When when you look at the moves as a whole, though, Chris, for like the past seven days for Washington, they they didn't lie about it. Michael Winger and company said they were going to get boots on the ground and get to work immediately. They've completely revamped and reshaped this roster. And, Chris, when you look at it, they have more financial flexibility and assets than they've had at any time I can remember being a fan. What do you think is next for this group? And do you buy into the notion that this is a try-to-win-20-games-a-year rebuild, or do you think they're going to try to retool the roster and maintain their competitive spirit while doing so? Well, there are a number of guys who – have been growing for a few years now on this roster that I think could be dangerous with a point guard like Tyus Jones. Yeah. Uh, Corey Kispert mm-hmm. is like a guy where I'm like, um, playing with a real point guard, like watch out people yeah. because this is – and if they're going to have, you know, three or four point guards and the joke's going to be like, oh, they were all leading the league in assist-to-turnover ratio, <laughs> it's kind of like when Wall was here – and Rasul Butler was yeah. hitting threes, and like um, Martel Webster, and yeah, Martel. I mean, the list is so long. Garrett yeah. Temple, yeah. I remember Garrett Temple shot like forty five percent from three <laughs> one year. Otto Porter was knocking him yeah. down. Beal was shooting a career high. What I'm saying is not that these guys are John Wall like speed and mm-hmm. you know, pro- but creating open shots for others. 
uh, man, they've got a roster full of guys now that I, I believe in. And that's dangerous when you play against other teams that aren't very good. So I think the Wizards, if they just hold on to the roster how it's currently constructed, they're going to surprise people in the sense of beating teams that aren't that don't have the superstar. Right. Right. Yes, I love the way so you like, put that. Yeah. So like the Pacers, mm-hmm. Pacers are in trouble against the Wizards, right? Because right. like, or the Magic if they don't make another move. Mm-hmm. Those kinds of teams. The past couple of years have beaten the Wizards, and I think the Wizards are going to get right in those games. And now it's a matter of, okay, so when you play the star and you're overmatched, like you're going to lose. How do you get the next – how do you get your star? Because, like, Jordan Poole can put up numbers. That's nice. But I just don't look at him as being a guy that's going to win games for you. I also want to see how Poole plays with that that point guard play as well because maybe – because in Golden State, Golden State, he didn't – like, don't get it twisted. Steph Curry isn't like – setting guys up. Right. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Jordan Poole plays with someone. It's like, hey, listen to what I'm telling you so we can run the offense better and see how that goes. Quick pull the D.C. comparison for you, Chris. Does it remind you of when Agent Zero got here back in the day? Similar situation? I get what you're trying to do there. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> I want to ask you about the team that Jordan Poole is coming from, the Golden State Warriors, because I have been – ripping them apart, and, and set me straight here if I'm wrong, Chris. I just think they made the wrong decision. If the decision was Draymond or Jordan Poole, I'm looking at Jordan Poole, and I was on the record saying I think the dynasty ended when jo- when uh, Draymond attempted to kill Jordan Poole with that mugshot. But when you look at the construction of the roster moving forward, how do you usher yourself out of the Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson era? Who's next? That was supposed to be Jordan Poole. The limited impact that Draymond's having on the offensive end of the floor, Chris, in today's game, what do you think his value is going to be in the marketplace? And what did you make of the decision that Golden State ultimately made? Well, they have four championships with this group, so I'm not going to doubt them too much. I thought Clay started playing great and that Jordan Poole was holding Clay back a lot from having monster games. Yeah. So that's something I'm going to watch out for. But to answer your question, mm-hmm. uh, Moses Booty, man. Yeah, I mean that guy is is good, and there are a couple of other guys on that roster that we might be overlooking because of the fact, right, that Jordan Poole was getting so many opportunities. You take away um, opportunities from other young guys to develop and blossom and see what they can do. So, like you say that, and I go, hold on, let me really look into the rest of the roster, you know, and I go. Moses Moody, yep. What about Kaminga now, right? Like, does Kaminga come out of that shell? Uh, remember, they, they brought Gary Payton the second back time on the floor for him, right? right. And Dante DiFrancenzo is a guy that's proven he can be a – so all of these guys get more opportunities um, that I just wonder, not having a guy jacking up shots, the ball moving, how much more dangerous and, dangerous and cohesive yeah. as a group are they? And – the guy you're forgetting, the you know the all star and the guy that yeah. put it on him and Andrew Wiggins, yeah, right. Like there are guys on that roster that you're like, I think he's more important than Draymond. And I and I agree with what you said. I think when when you go back to when they won the title uh, back, what was that in twenty two or twenty one twenty two season, Andrew Wiggins was instrumental in that. But when I look at Draymond and the headaches that he brings, I understand he is the emotional leader of that, and you cannot underestimate that when it comes to professional sports. 
I, it's just hard for me to, and like you said, they got four championships. Who am I to really call out or question what they're doing? I just think on the flip side, with Poole getting out of the shadows of Clay and Steph, what do you think happens to him here in D.C.? Because I look at it like this, Chris. Sometimes you know it. When you're a young cat and you have a life-changing moment like Draymond socking you in the mouth, having to change the scenery sometimes can flip that proverbial switch. Who knows how good Jordan Poole could actually be? Well, it just there are several things it's contingent on, right? And I think um, when you look at football, people easily go, oh, that's the defensive captain. That's the offensive captain. Right. It's accepted, right? Well, the Warriors kind of had that in basketball, and it's kind of rare. Like Draymond's the defensive captain, calling out the plays, letting everybody know what's going on, and Steph is clearly the offensive anchor, mm-hmm. right? Well, if you look at a team like the Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic is both. Right. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, even though you're like, oh, he's not a great defender. Yeah, but he's, he's, the, he's telling the guys what's happening and telling them where to be. And that's, so if you, you have to understand Draymond's value with that group in that way. And for the Jordan Poole situation is a kid that got paid, acting very immature after he got paid, kind of messing with one of the leaders on the team, like, yeah, we won. You're not the guy anymore. You'll never get another pay, right? Like, yeah. you, now you take that, that childishness, that immaturity out of the equation. Um, I don't know if Draymond is as much as a, of a distraction. Right. Now, for the Wizards, you're kind of bringing that mentality into your locker room. Do you have the guys that balance that out? And I think they have the front office mm-hmm. uh, that balances that out. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see, man. Rose Bar's got another legend, though, man. Jordan Poole, we are ready for him. You, you are ready. <laughs> ready for him here in the district. Chris, I want to let you go on this, man. Be, be quick. We are up against it. What, what do you think happens with Damian Lillard? Because I personally am so tired of hearing about it. You're exhausted. I'm exhausted. I think Dame's exhausted. I think the Blazers are exhausted. And looking at the fact that they kept their young talent in the backcourt, mm-hmm. um, and we're going to see what's happening in the next two or three, there's no way they go into next season with Scoot Henderson, Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons, and Shaden Sharp. Yeah. They're yeah. just not going to do that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, there's no balance to it. Somebody's going to be majorly upset. And if you look at the age of those other three guys I named, and you look at what you can get for Damian Lillard, it's like, yeah, move Damian Lillard. I think the craziest uh, place that no one's talking about that just makes all the sense mm-hmm. when you look at the contracts, Minnesota. I mean, I'm like, send Dame to Minnesota. He's got Ant-Man, right? So it's not like, oh, we're loaded with all-stars. Right. The, the, the Wolves got enough front court help. And then Carl Anthony Towns gets to go to a situation where he's like the elder statesman and can be that, like, talk that stuff mm-hmm. he wants to talk again. <laughs> and you he he's the only one in the front court. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? That, so like, that's not, I like that. Yeah, but I haven't seen. Look, I haven't seen that as a as a trade suitor. I haven't seen them in the sweepstakes. But when I look at like solving situations, that's the one. I think it's going to be Brooklyn because mm, they have okay. assets that that Portland would covet. And I think that's a situation where Dame could go in, be on the East Coast, and be like, "Oh, if I can take this team to the promised land, people will respect me." I don't think they'd get to the promised land. That's my thing with Dame, Chris. Like, the whole idea and mandate of, like, trying to pressure the Blazers 
to build a championship roster. There's literally no move they can make this offseason, Chris, that would get them in championship contention. I, I don't understand the whole situation. Which, which hilarious is, again, if I'm the Blazers and I'm thinking I could do that, the way you do that is you move Dame. Yeah, exactly. You get you, that money that's going to Dame, you put into the front court with some sort of like, you know, um, whether it's Carl Anthony Towns or whether like those Cleveland guys really are on the market, right? Like, yeah, Jared Allen and Mobley. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, so let's say for instance, you're trying to make that happen. Like, that's who you're trying. You're trying to get guys like that. You're trying to balance that roster where either you're sending the young talent away, like the Zion Williamson trade. That yeah. does solve a lot if you're playing a video game because right. Zion Williamson would play in a video game, right? But <laughs> in real life, you're like, well, if we get Zion and he's not playing, what does that do for our roster? But that's really how you got to balance the situation. you got to move Dame or some of these young guys and get a dynamic player in the front court. Chris, man, hopefully the Blazers figure it out. It's been the most annoying situation to monitor over the past year and a half, two years. No, Dame, no, free yourself. I, like you said, though, Chris. No, 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 no. The most annoying was, was uh-huh. Bradley Beal. Was Bradley Beal not getting traded. That was the most annoying, my friend. You see what happened to the Wizards on that. So the Blazers are trying to avoid that situation. Hopefully, man. Best of luck to the Blazers. Best of luck to you, man. We'll be tapped in with you on NBA TV uh, as, as scheduled, my man. Appreciate you giving us some time. All right. Thanks. That is Chris Miles, ladies and gentlemen. Always good catching up on the association with him. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Chris Miles TV.